0: We're continuing on in our uh, sermon series. Um, Our sermon series is called Portraits of Jesus. And what we're doing is we're going through the Gospel of Mark and we're just pulling out some of the stories that uh, paint a picture of the life and ministry of Jesus that maybe sometimes we don't uh, uh, really get uh, because we're used to Jesus who is... uh, I'm just going to leave that alone. Uh, we're used to the Jesus that's sort of like the pull-string toy Jesus, that when you pull the, the back of him, he has five or six really wise sayings, and those are the ones that we always use. Those are the ones that we put on the back of coffee cups uh, and on bumper stickers. And so we're kind of looking through the Gospel of Mark, who uses a lot less... Uh, uh, words than any of the other Gospels, and he paints much more of a vivid picture. In fact, he uses the word immediately uh, in almost every single uh, uh, story that he tells. In fact, uh, in in the version that was up on the screen, uh, it was a little bit different than the version that was read, but it used the word immediately at least five times in the story. Immediately this happened, immediately. And so Mark's Gospel has this sense of immediacy with it. And what we're going to look at today Uh, is discomfort, and I know all of you came to church hoping that there would be a message about you not being comfortable. That's what everyone wants when you go into church. But we're going to look at... A, a discomfort and we're going to start with this sort of idea of comfort versus confrontation so if you have your Bibles I invite you to turn to the gospel of mark chapter 1 we're going to be just going through those verses that were read for us uh, but I always like you to read along with me so that you know that I'm I'm pointing out things that are actually there and this is what God's word says passing alongside the Sea of Galilee he saw Simon and Andrew the brother of Simon sorry uh, he saw Simon and Andrew the brother of Simon casting a net into the For they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets. And they followed him. I'm going to almost guarantee that Peter was living a comfortable lifestyle. Not in the the way that we think of comfort like, you know, feather pillows and a nice soft bed, but he was in a routine with his life. He was old enough that he knew what he was going to do with his entire life. He knew what business he was going to be in for the rest of his life. He knew that he would get a steady income from his fishing, that he would be able to do this and that and the other. He was comfortable in his his existence until Jesus showed up and Jesus called him to a different life. He said, Peter, uh, drop your nets, come follow me. And immediately they did. And so what I found from reading through not only this account, but through some, several other accounts, that when Jesus calls, there is an immediate change. And this still is true of our lives today, that when Jesus calls you to a particular ministry or to a particular vocation, there is an immediate change if you re- recognize and respect the authority of Jesus. If you recognize and respect the authority of Jesus, there is an immediate change in our lives. Immediately, straight away, they dropped their nets and followed him. We continue on in this story and going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending their nets. And immediately he called them and left their, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with their hired servants and followed him. James and John were comfortable in their lives. They had jobs, they were fishermen. They had family. They were in the boat with their father, Zebedee. They even had servants, so you knew that their business was going well enough that they could hire outside help to come in and help them even make more. And so they were comfortable, and they had everything that they thought they needed. But what we see is that Jesus called them out of that comfort out of that security of knowing this is going to be my life for the rest of my life, nothing's going to interfere, and it's going to be a good one. Jesus calls them out of that comfort. And and oftentimes, and the reason that I'm bringing this up, is oftentimes we have this image of Jesus as he is the one who is bringing us comfort. And you've got to hear me really quickly uh, sorry, really closely here, uh, in Scripture, it's usually the Holy Spirit who actually has the role of comforter, and Jesus has a role of, of confrontation with people. Now, it doesn't mean that he wasn't comforting with people, he wasn't kind to people, but when you read through Scripture, when Jesus enters into a story, it usually ends up with a confrontation. There's usually something that changes, that he addresses, and so so... Uh, what we often do is we, we kind of think that Jesus is this comforter and if there's any discomfort, obviously that must come from Satan because Jesus wants us to be comfortable, right? No. Jesus doesn't want us to be comfortable. Jesus wants us to be saved. And, and you've got to listen here. Sometimes it is Satan who is trying to make you comfortable. Sometimes it is Satan who is coming alongside you and saying, you know, you don't really need to be challenged in the church. You just need to keep doing what you're doing, just day in, day out. And he tries to get you into this place where when Jesus comes along and calls you, you don't make an immediate decision to follow him. Satan is the one that's trying to make you comfortable. And that comfortability in your life usually means that you don't pursue the calling of God has placed on your life. Because you're comfortable. You don't want to move. You're, you like your spot. You sit in your spot. That's where I am. I'm comfortable there. I'm not going to follow Jesus because it means I'm going to have to get up out of my spot and I'm going to have to move away from that feeling of being comfortable. A lot of times, the calling of God in our lives leads to discomfort and to engage in our calling will require us to come out of our comfort zone. Peter had to leave his nets. James and John had to leave their father. They were called out of their discomfort, sorry, out of their comfort into perhaps a little bit of unfamiliarity and discomfort. And in fact, one of the greatest enemies of faith is actually not fear, it's familiarity. Being so familiar with a situation, so comfortable in a situation that you don't ever want to move out of that situation. Um, a, lot of things that, a lot of times Christians don't realize that Jesus calls you to uh, things for seasons. Uh, He calls you to a ministry for a season, and we don't know how long that season is. It could be five minutes, it could be five years, but oftentimes what we do is we mistake that season for the entirety of our lives, and we stay in the same season day in, day out with no change, even though God is trying to call us to something better. Mark shifts his narrative and says this in, uh, in this is verse 21, still in, in the first chapter of Mark, and they, meaning Jesus, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, and they went into Copernicum, and Im- uh, yeah, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And so Jesus immediately enters a synagogue and starts teaching. Now this Copernic uh, Capernaum is a very interesting uh, uh, place. It's a very interesting name. It actually means, uh, uh, it's, its pronunciation is actually Kefa not the way that we normally say it. But, but it actually means, uh, Kepha means village or villager, and Nahum means comfort or comforter. And so Jesus literally is going into a place called the village of comfort. Now, doesn't that sound like a nice place? Doesn't that sound like a place that we all want to just sit around and relax? And we all like sitting in the exact same chair week in, week out, because this is my seat. And they're in a comfort place. They're in a place that is comfortable. And they were astonished. These are the people in the synagogue at his teaching, for he taught them with one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One, the Son of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing uh, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him, and they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. What Jesus did over and over and over again was he comforted the people but confronted the systems that kept them in place. We looked at this a little bit last week. But here, here's just in that very short story that we find is that some things will not change unless there is a confrontation. Now, I, I want you to think logically about this if you can. Jesus is in the village of comfort and he goes into the synagogue and he starts teaching as one with authority. That's what scripture has told us. And it says that in that synagogue there was a man who was possessed with a demon. It doesn't give us any more information than that other than some of the historical and cultural contextual clues that we will get. And, and here's what I mean by that. If that man was in that synagogue, it meant that that was the synagogue that he went to every week. Think of it as the church service that he went to every Sunday morning. And guess what? He probably sat in the same seat every Sunday morning because they actually sold seats in the synagogue and you got to to, to pay for your seat and that's where you sat. So we've got a gentleman who is possessed by an evil spirit, who week after week, month after month, year after year, is going into church, sitting down, listening to the word of God being proclaimed, and not being confronted in any way, shape, or form. The demon that is inside him is not confronted in any way that that demon is fine being in church. That's the back story. And so when Jesus goes in there and starts preaching with authority, he confronts the demon. Suddenly this demon knows that things are going to change around here. How embarrassed would you be if it was your church and week in, week out, there was a man possessed by a demon who was never confronted with the authoritative word of God? How embarrassed would we be if in our church, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out, there was a person in our congregation that was never confronted with the transformative word of God. Jesus comes to confront things because things will not change unless they are confronted. And listen, dysfunction can be very comfortable. Things not working can be great because you then have no responsibility for making them work because they just don't work. We know that. This just doesn't work. Why even bother trying? And there are too many churches that live in dysfunction because it's not comfortable to confront it. The dysfunction in the church is so comfortable It's so familiar that we don't want to confront it and change. And Jesus comes in and he speaks with authority. What would it be like to listen to the person teaching the word of God week in, week out and never hear the word of God spoken with authority? Just from this story, this is a pretty bad synagogue if you ask me. And Jesus comes in and he disrupts this comfort. Now I know what you're thinking. But God's supposed to comfort me. God's supposed to make everything better. I, I, I fall over, scrape my knee, he's the one that's supposed to put a band on it, right? That's the role that we've sort of assigned uh, to God. That he's not going to make us live in this discomfort. He's not going to make us live in this this badness. 2 Corinthians 1 verses 3 and 4 says this Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. There you go. See, it says it right there. God is the God of all comfort, right? So He's going to comfort us when things go wrong, right? That's uh, yeah, verse 4. Who comforts, comforts us all in our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are, are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. In that, does he say that he's going to remove the conflict from us? Does it say that he's going to remove us from the situation that causes us discomfort? Or does it say simply that he's going to be with us? That God, who is the God of all comfort, comforts us in our affliction. Not going to fix the affliction, not going to remove the affliction, but he will comfort us in that affliction, So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. God brings you comfort so that you can go out and comfort others. So that you can be the demonstration of the love of God in the communities that God has placed you in. We all have different communities. We have different friends, we have different families, we have different schoolmates, we have different workmates, we have different lives that we lead, and that is so that as Christians we can go out into those communities and we can be the comfort of Jesus Christ to the people who need it. We can be the light of Jesus Christ to the people who need it so that we can show people what our God is like by the way that we live our lives. He's the God of of all comfort. But again, some things are not going to change in your life until you confront them. And we're going to end our time together with this. Just simply this question. Are there rhythms in your life that are comfortable yet dysfunctional? Are there things in your life that are a certain way, a certain thing, because they've always been like that? And do you need to change them? Take it a step further. Are there things in this church that are dysfunctional and we've kept them that way because it is comfortable? Because we don't want the embarrassment of going up to a brother or sister in Christ and saying, I don't understand this, let's fix it. How is Jesus confronting us to move out of our comfortable dysfunction and being challenged to move into a place where instead of being dysfunctional, we can effectively communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ to the people who need it. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today.